Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Just want to give you some a date for your diary, and that's a week come Friday, a week this Friday. Um, love you to join us at the barn uh, for our prayer, uh, our fire night, prayer night, fire night, family night. I don't know what you call it, but uh, we're going to meet with God. We're going to have a great time. If you don't usually come, try it and uh, come and experience it. Being uh, with all of us and being with the Holy Spirit, being with God, worshipping, praying, interceding, eating, all sorts of fellowshipping, all sorts of different things. Uh, But a week on Friday, so don't miss it. Uh, I'm just giving you a bit of prior notice there. And uh don't think there's any other notice I wanted to particularly bring to your uh, attention. Uh, we're going to have a, a week off from the uh, spiritual gifts this week. And uh, who's enjoying the spiritual gifts uh, series? Okay. Well, there's a few. That's good, Pete. That's good, Tom. <laughs> Somebody's enjoying it. That's brilliant. Uh, But this week we're going to do something a little bit different, and uh, we're going to read from uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. I'm hoping we've got the, the, uh, we got it, Matthew 14. Um, And we're going to read from verses 22 through uh, 33. Matthew 14, verses 22 to 23. It's a well-known piece of scripture. It's something, it's a uh, chapter that we looked at last November when we looked at the fear versus faith uh, session. You know, remember that we looked at different things, fear versus faith and so forth? Well, we looked at this chapter then, but I'm coming in from another different angle uh, this morning. And uh, if we haven't got the words, that's fine, but they don't have it. Okay. All right. Well, where's your Bibles? Where's your ba- Sam, Morag. Where's this thing? <laughs> well, we've got one in a phone. We've got one in a phone. <laughs> we've got a few, yes. One or two down the front. When the golfers go to the golf club, what do they take? They take their golf clubs. When we go to church, we're like the golfer with no golf clubs. He turned up and say, right, where do we play? <laughs> I said, well, you need some clubs. Oh, right, okay. So don't borrow my clubs, bring your own clubs. And uh, that is an encouragement to, it's only a few years ago, you know, in Scotland, then you would see people walking down the street like this, honestly, with a big trench coat on and, uh, and with their Bible. I can still picture them, yeah, marching off to church. And uh, I don't know whether it's had any effect in Scotland, <laughs> the way it's going, but They've dropped the Bible. It used to be called Bible-loving Scotland. It is no longer Bible-loving Scotland. And uh, can I just encourage you? I'm assuming your Bibles are well used at home. I'm assuming. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. And they're not holding up the bed or something. You know, holding up that easy chair. And you say, where's your Bible? Oh, somewhere around. Okay. Okay. Matthew 14, uh, verses 22. 
Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. You ever do that? Pray by yourself? Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Jesus answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And uh, God will bless uh, the reading of his word. And we're going to look at that chapter. And I want to zero in on one little phrase that's in there that Jesus said. He said, it is I. Did you catch that little phrase? It is I. And I want to, I don't know whether there's a slide or anything, Matt, no? No slide? <laughs> Will says he's got it. But anyway, okay, don't worry. I want to zero in on that phrase, it is I. And uh, I want to look this morning, give you a preview. I want to look at the presence of God, the provision of God, the power of God, and the purpose of God. It is I. You ever heard a noise in your house and uh, wondered what it is? Maybe you watched a scary film or something. What's that? What's that? And we were watching a film last night with the girls, and they said, is the door locked? That's the first question, is the door locked? And, uh, and you wonder who it is. And then you suddenly hear a familiar voice, and they say, it's only me. You ever had that? It's only me. And you hear that, it's only me, and you think, relax. Or we'll phone somebody we know really well, and we say, it's me. Do you ever say that? And I've told this story many times of uh, Roy Keane football captain of Manchester United, football manager of different clubs, and he used to phone up the bank, Irish Bank, and my allied Irish Bank in Manchester, who we used to bank with many years ago, and he would say, he'd go on the phone to, and just say, it's me, like they would know it was him. But we do that, don't we? We say, you phone up your wife or your husband or your son, it's me, and they know about the voice, it is you. And when the person doesn't recognize you, you say, it's me! You just repeat it, don't you? <laughs> it's me. Like, if you don't know my first voice, you'll know my impatient voice. A reassuring voice is so reassuring, isn't it? A, a voice you recognize is so reassuring. It just sort of, hmm, everything's going to be okay. Because some voices grate on your nerves, don't they? I hope my voice doesn't grate on your nerves. <laughs> You're in the wrong church otherwise. So, some voices annoy you. 
But some voices sort of reassure you and calm you and give you some expectancy that everything's going to be okay in the middle of your situation or your storm. And when life happens, when life happens as it does to every single one of us, we need to hear his voice. That's why prayer is important. If all your interaction with God is just here on a Sunday morning, then when something hits you during the week and we're not there and the rest of us aren't there, what's going to happen? We need to know his voice and be able to tune in and hear his voice. What do we do when the storms of life rise up as they did for the disciples? And I want to speak to you this morning, encourage you a little bit, uh, just about the storms of life. So I want to, in the next 20, 25 minutes, I want you to help you, encourage you to hear his voice. Because problems happen, situations happen, storms arise. Maybe you're going through a storm right now. Nobody knows, just you. Or maybe other people know, but you're still going through the storm. It came out of nowhere. One hour, one day, one minute, everything's okay. Then suddenly... You're in a storm. That's what happened to the disciples. They set off. And then suddenly, there's a storm. We don't set off in a boat. But suddenly, one day, maybe the postman comes. A letter comes. You open the letter, and you realize we're in a storm. Or you get a phone call. Everything's okay. You get a phone call, and you listen, and you suddenly realize... We've got a problem. We're in a storm. It can be a visit, a letter, a doctor's appointment, a hospital appointment, an argument, a debate. It can be anything. You suddenly realize we have a situation. That might be your situation now. That might have been your situation. But let me tell you, one day it will be your situation. I can guarantee it. Because that's life. Life has storms. In the same way as we have good weather, we have bad weather. Sometimes the weather's inclement. Sometimes the weather's wonderful. Sometimes the weather's mediocre. Well, that's like life. It really is. Now, maybe you're one day one person who floats along in cloud nine all the time. I've never met anyone like that. But if you do, then please introduce yourself. And if that's you, then just take a note mentally, the back of your head, of what I'm saying, because one day you will need it. Problems happen. Crises arrive. Difficulty arises. So, just a few reminders for when you're going through a storm. Number one, the presence of God in your storm. God is present in every single storm. He is Jehovah Shammah, S-H-A-M-M-A-H. That means God is present. So say you're going through a storm right now. I'm here to tell you God is right there in the middle and around and above and underneath your storm. But you don't feel it. I can guarantee you, you don't feel he's present. You wonder if he is present. 
But the Bible says he's Jehovah Shammah. He is God is present. And that's the biggest question we ask in our storms. Where are you, God? Where is God in this situation? I've had a fiver for every time somebody said that. Where is God in my situation? Where is he? Where are you? Well, in my life, there's been loads of situations where I've cried out, Where are you, God? There is nothing wrong with crying out to God, Where are you? Nothing wrong with doing that. Or where am I going, God? What's going on, God? Is anything going to get worse, God? How am I going to get through this, God? He says, to me and to you, I am Jehovah Shammah. I am the ever-present God. And what happens in our crises? Fear comes in, doesn't it? Fear comes. That's the first emotion you feel when you get the letter, you get the phone call, you get the email, you have the visit, something's pronounced over you, you've got this, you have that, you do that, whatever. And suddenly, what you feel rise up within you is fear. And fear tries to take hold. Sometimes it takes minutes, sometimes it takes hours. Fear takes hold. And God still says, I am present. But we see, in our situation, in our crises, in our problem, in our difficulty, we don't often recognize him, do we? We don't see him. We don't hear him. We don't feel him. And that's all through the Bible. It's not just these disciples in this boat. It's Mary saying, I thought you were the gardener. It's the two on the road to Emmaus. They thought he was a traveler. The disciples in the boat thought he was a ghost. They didn't recognize it was God. No wonder one day Jesus said to them, who do you think I am? I wonder who you think Jesus was. I wonder who you think he is. I wonder who you, what you think the part he plays in your life. Is he someone who's just there when you talk to him? I wonder if that's how you see him. It's like you, you go on Skype and you, you, you dial the number and suddenly they're there. They weren't there before, but now they're there. And you think, when I pray, then that's it. I'm Skyping him. Hello, God. We're in a mess. We're here. Oh, it's a bad line. I can't, oh, the signal keeps coming and going. He's distorted. Is he hearing me? Is he not hearing me? That's often how we see God. Or we FaceTime him. And we're sort of trying to, to get some sort of recognition at both sides that you're communicating. And sometimes we do that, and it's great. But God's not just present when we tune in, phone up, dial, pray even. He's not just there then. He says, no, I am here now, ever present. Often we don't recognize him. I want to encourage you, look for him. Look for him. Like the disciples were looking in the boat, who is that? It's like Susan was saying to us about meeting Peter, a man who we had met eight years ago. And we're thinking, is that him? Or is it not him? And he told me he was looking the other way. And as Susan was saying, we thought he was older. He was looking, yeah, they look older too. And, and they, he was thinking, is it them? Is it, I don't know. You understand? And you sort of think, and we say that with God sometimes. Is God in my situation? Is he, is he here? 
Is, is he present? Or has he just discarded us? They're too much of a mess for me. They've sinned too much for me. They're just a pain. Leave them alone. I'll go over here to somebody I can bless. That's how we see God sometimes. They're getting blessed, but I'm not. Maybe you felt, Miss Susan was saying, when we were in uh, the conference, oh, it's all right for them. It's okay for them. They're doing that. But God, you see, is not just present with us. He's present with you. He's present in your joy, and he's present in your failure. Isn't that wonderful? He's an ever-present God. The presence of God in your storm. Jesus said, seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. So we need to ask what the disciples asked. Is it you, Lord? Is it you? And you'll hear him say, it is I. And what I've found in every single new situation, new storm, every new difficulty that I've ever faced, that once I recognize it's him, I see a new side of him. It's almost like you see him, but you've seen a different side than you've ever seen before. A new facet, a new aspect, a new dimension of God that we've never seen before. And when you're in a storm, you'll see a side of God that you've never seen before. I promise you. In your difficulty, in your problem, you'll see a side of God that you've never seen before. He'll come to you in a way that he's never come to you before. So the disciples set, been sent off in this boat, launched out into their journey. Jesus has sent them towards a storm. That's what's happened. Have you ever wondered, why did he send them towards a storm? Does he not read the forecast? Does he not cheer in and see what the weatherman's saying? This is the man who controls the waves, controls the clouds, controls the rain, controls the sun. And he sends them out in a boat when he knew the boat was going to go into a storm. God knows that you and I will hit storms in life. Why did he allow that? Why? That's the question we keep asking. Why, God, am I in this? And immediately, depending on your personality, you either blame God... You'll blame other people or you blame yourself. Just, and that is down, usually down to your temperament and down to your character. You question yourself, you question others, you question God. It's their fault. They put me in this. It's their fault. Or it's my fault. I've done it again. Everything's, I can't do anything right. I'm, I'm always wrong. I've made a mess. Or God, where are you? You've left me. You've deserted me. You said you'd be there for me. You're gone. You're not there. So we question ourselves, we question others, we question God. We say, why, who, when, how? (laughs) What's going on? God, you gave me this job and everything is going wrong. God, you gave me this house and I'm struggling to make the payments. God, you gave me this child and I cannot cope with it. God, you gave me this ministry and it's a mess. God, you gave me, you fill in the blank. You gave me. God, you gave me what? Whatever your what is, let me tell you, God will take you to the other side. You will go to the other side. I promise you, you will go to the other side. Why? How? Because he will take you. He will take you to the other side. 
But how do, what do we feel when we're in the middle of that lake and everything is going wrong? How do you feel in your life when everything is going wrong? We feel like we've been tossed around and the wind is against us. Verse 24. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. That means it's coming against you. And you feel vulnerable. You feel right in the middle of things. Too far into the journey to go back. Too far from the destination to feel safe. And the wind is against you. And that's how we feel in life. We do. We feel fearful. We feel frail. We feel we're failing. We feel we're falling. We feel we're faltering. But let me tell you, in your situation, in my situation, whether it's to come or whether it's right now, he's not walking away from you. He's walking towards you. That's the story of the boat. He was coming towards them. He wasn't walking away. We say we think God left. God has left the building. God's out of my life. He no longer hears my prayers. But here we see in the story God's illustrating, I'm coming towards you. Here he comes walking on the water. Walking on top of the very thing that was causing everybody the problem. And that's what he does. He walks on top of your issues, your difficulties, your problems, whatever it is, he walks on top of it. Ever present in the storm. Maybe for someone this morning, God's saying to you, amidst your confusion and your problems and your issue, I'm coming towards you. Be of good cheer, it is I. Don't be afraid. Cheer up. It's me. Fear not. Cheer up. In your circumstances, it is possible in every circumstance to be joyful. Rejoice in every situation. He says, it's me. I'm your greatest friend. I'm your savior. Don't fear. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm for you. I am the guarantee that everything's going to be okay. It is I. The great I am. I am what? Well, John 6 says, I am the bread of life. He says, I'll feed you. John 8 says, I am the light of the world. That means I'll show you the way. John 10 says, I am the door. That means you get to where you need to be through me. John 10 says, I'm the good shepherd. I will take care of you. John 11 says, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I can bring back what's died inside of you, and I can bring it back to life. And some of us this morning have things in our life, ambitions, visions, in our life that have died. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. I can bring the dead uh, back to life. John 14 says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Your journey is through me and with me and by me. Complete and utter truth is through me. John 15, I am the true vine. You're not going to, always going to understand me because I'm going to snip you back. I'm going to cut you back so I can see more growth in you. So, 
abide in me. He says in the same chapter in John, before Abraham was, I am. Right there, that's when Jesus was saying he is God. Right there, in that verse. He says, before Abraham was, I am. You see, in Exodus 3.14, God has said to Moses, I am who I am. Say to the Israelites, Moses, I am has sent me to you. This is Jesus saying, I am. He's saying there's a trinity. The Father and I are one. For everything in life, it is I. And he's there in our need, in our storm, in our fear, in our problem. And for you and for me, it is I. And I was just sitting there this morning thinking, God never answers prayers like we imagine. Have you experienced that? You pray and you pray and you're looking for the answer that you perceive and the answer doesn't come out. God brought me back to uh, when we were in the cinema and sometimes we got the huge cinema. Do you remember? And it was like, I don't know how many there was of us at that time, but we would be sitting there and because it was a huge cinema, it would look so small. And God said to me, preach to the empty chairs. Don't just preach to the people who are here. Preach to the empty chairs. And I thought he was saying, preach to the empty chairs because I'm going to fill them. That would be your normal expectation, wouldn't it? Preach to the empty chairs and one day I'll fill them. But then uh, he, he pointed out to me, you never did see those seats filled. But this year, you preached to 8,000 people in India. Those were the empty chairs. I was up on the stage at the leaders thing, 10,000 people. Those were the empty chairs. You see, in your situation, and as we pray to God, don't guess what the answer is going to be. Don't assume what the answer is going to be because he is going to do, you can just bet whatever you want, he's going to do something different. He's going to answer your prayer, but it's not going to be as you imagine. Maybe that's an encouragement for some folks who are praying and praying and you're looking for the answer that you perceive. Oh, God's going to do this. And we assume that's what he's going to do. Well, let me tell you, in the days, weeks, and months, and years that lie ahead, you'll see the prayer answered, but it won't be as you imagine. There's provision in the storm. He's present in the storm, he's provision in the storm. Have you ever thought you're up the creek (laughs) without a paddle? You ever thought, I've done it now, I'm in a right mess. Maybe no money, no credit, no friends, no chance, no hope. (laughs) But I say, say to you this morning, in our lives, in the small things and in the large things, God is Jehovah Jireh. That means God is our provider. Provider. Peter said, tell me to come to you. Peter said, if it is you, Jesus simply says, come, come. Come for every need that you have. Come. I'll provide it. But you need to come towards me. And that's so often as Christians, we are in the boat and we expect God to come to us. (laughs) Well, you come to me where 
I am, where I feel safe, where I feel secure. And Jesus says, no, I'm coming towards you, but you come towards me. You get out of your little safe environment and you begin to step out towards me. Step out of your storm, your difficulty, your problem, and I will do the supernatural. And for every crisis, there is a miracle. For every crisis, there's provision in every single storm. We're nearly through. Number three, there is power in the storm. Power in today's world is for the powerful. It's for the strong, it's for the rich, it's for the influential, it's for the educated, for the successful. Power with God is for the poor, for the needy, for the faint-hearted, for the people of faith. It's for the people who are falling, for the people who are fainting, the people who are sinking. He says, don't be afraid, it's I. It is I. No matter what the issue is, what the problem is, what the difficulty is, it's me. I'm right there. The wonder-working power is with us. God is all-powerful, and he comes towards us in towards our fear, comes towards us in our problem, in our mess, and he actually gives us his power. And he shows us his power. He does it with his presence. He does it with his provision. He does it with his power. Lastly, the purpose of God. Number four, God wants you and he wants me to overcome. He wants us to be conquerors of the issue that you're fearful of. He doesn't want what you're going through to overwhelm you. He wants you to overcome it. That's his purpose. His purpose is for you to know in a deeper way his presence. His purpose is for you to recognize and appreciate and enjoy his provision. His purpose is for you to see his power in the storm and over the storm. His purpose is for you to walk on top of the very thing that is consuming you, overpowering you. He wants you to be an overcomer. That's his purpose. And one day, he got into our boat. And he told us he was with us. And he told us he would never leave us. Never leave us. And when you asked him into your life, that's what happened. And no matter what storm you're going through, up and down and round about, he's there. He says, it's me. I'm here. And sometimes we can be in such a flap and such a nervous sort of panic, full of fear that we're running around saying, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? He says, I'm I'm here. I'm right here. Right with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Be of good cheer. Don't be afraid. It is possible to be happy in the most awful circumstances. He's with us. He says you'll never leave us. Why would you doubt that? He says, even if you have a small bit of faith, you can move a mountain. He says, oh, ye of little faith. That little faith got him started on the water. Isn't it amazing? The disciples in the boat didn't even have a little faith. <laughs> But he got out of the boat and started to walk on water. He says, I know you're going to doubt. 
but walk in faith towards me. So in your situation and in my situation, may I encourage you, begin to take steps, little steps, maybe big steps, of faith. Told you many times, faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is what buys you the goods. Faith. Okay? So whatever faith you can muster up, take a step towards Jesus. You might not know Jesus this morning. Can I encourage you, take a step towards him. Or if you do know him and you're in a situation Take a step out of the boat towards him. Take a step of faith. Take a step towards Jesus. Take a step just in a way you've never taken a step before. Do something different. Do something different in your walk with God. He says, it's me. I hope that's reassuring to some folks this morning. In your situation, in your problem, in your disaster, in the situation you can't see a way through, Jesus comes and says, be of good cheer, it's me. Don't be afraid. The enemy wants you to fear. Don't fear. It's me. I'm here, and I'm here to bless you, and I'm here you to get. I'm here to get you to walk on top of the very thing that worries you, that panics you. That may mean the storm doesn't go. <laughs> that may mean that you start to walk on top of it rather than walking under it. Do you understand? In this situation, the storm died because Jesus got died down, and, and he was inside the boat. In certain situations in our life, we continue to walk through the storm. But we walk through it with a different attitude, with a different mindset. We walk through, instead of being in fear, we walk through in faith. Yeah? Got that? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your love for every single one of us. I thank you, Lord God, that this morning you're walking towards us. I pray, Lord, that we will recognize you in the middle of our situation. I pray, Lord, we would hear your voice. Help us, Lord, as Christians to know the voice of Christ. If we don't know it, who's going to know it? Help us, Lord, to tune out all the fear, all the issues, all the voices, all the advice, and hear your voice. Just when you speak, Lord, to know your voice, to hear your voice, it's such comfort. And I pray for people this morning, Lord, who are longing to hear your voice. I pray they might hear it this morning. To know it's the great I am. It's God himself, and he loves us, and he's ever-present with us, and he's for us, and he's with us, and everything's going to be okay, and we're going to get to the other side. Lord, we know you'll answer all those prayers. Might not be as we expect. Might be better than we expect. But I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. 
all that you have done. In Jesus' lovely and precious name. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.